honestly, I don't. That really doesn't bug me at all because it's outside of the building, so it's not a distraction I, you know, spend any mental space on. But um, it was good to have the players in today. You know what I mean? Because that's what the the best thing about this job, guys, is the players. So anytime you get the players in, that's that's what it's like the icing on the cake. So um, I'm excited about the next you know ten weeks. Jonathan Gannon on day one of the Arizona Cardinals offseason strength and conditioning program got started yesterday out in Tempe and excited to get back there. And the way that that question uh, the answer started was based on the question about, hey, is it good to get back out there with everything that's going on with the organization? And Jonathan Gannon's answer from his viewpoint is the correct one. Don't worry about that stuff. You know, the stuff that's being talked about happened long before you were a member of the organization. He's got his own things to worry about right now. It's a fascinating uh, little weird uh, thing that the uh, that the Cardinals seem to be trapped in it, it with with all of this dysfunction from the past kind of bubbling up around the owner with this new regime trying to turn the page and, and create a new era and a new culture. It's it it's it's a very must be a very awkward thing. But I, yeah, I don't think the players really concern themselves with that all that much. No, right? I, I look what's being talked about with the Cardinals organization. Mm-hmm. For the most part, let's face it, players are treated differently. Players are players, employees are employees. It's sort of the Robert Sarver thing. Yes. Which is why you had a lot of players go, I've I've never seen that before. I've never I've never experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're special. Of course they're treated differently. <laughs> right, they're special. Right. Exactly. Powerful people are treated yeah, differently. Right. Yeah. So so uh, yeah, you're right. So I think that there's not gonna be really any bleed over. Um I it, what will be interesting is if the NFL's attention um turns to the Cardinals. I saw a story on Yahoo uh, from people wondering, okay, why isn't the owner in Arizona being viewed like the owner in Washington? And and the answer from a lot of people is because it's Arizona. Because we're not on the national radar screen, screen or the national consciousness, if you will. But if you know, if 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 there's enough public pressure, if there's more to this, if things start getting put together, um, you know, it's really all going to come down to this: how Terry McDonough is adjudicated. And where that goes and if Steve Wilkes decides to testify and how many other people come in and talk about this and testify about this, then maybe this thing becomes a story and then maybe the distraction becomes real. I agree. And to your your point about, hey, why is this being treated like this in Arizona and not like it was treated in Washington? Because – that story is so far down the road. We're two decades into that story yeah. with all kinds of different offenses. You, what you just said is, is, is the way to view it. This is the beginning of a story. Where yeah. it goes from here is, is kind of up in the air. Yeah. Do you get more joining in? And mm-hmm. so to hear the, the, the Ron Miniger um, inclusion with that letter that was written in 2019 – that was the first step. Now, where does it go from here? That that that's you know that's how I view yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. no, that's exactly right. So it, it's not the easiest thing. I know that uh, the team had a team meeting the other day when these things broke. So I think Michael Bidwell probably kind of just you know laid out policy or gave him a brief overview that okay we've got jobs to do here that kind of thing. So uh-huh. so yeah. So I I it's I think there's still a honeymoon going on for JG Jonathan Gannon. Pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. 
Some, some initials that just don't go together. I don't. Well. And I, I, the JG thing doesn't work for me either. Yeah. Well, but that's what it, that's what everyone calls them. Did yeah. you guys see uh, from Kyle Odegaard yesterday that they are doing listening sessions with Cardinals? Employees oh, I did see now? that. That's right. That's with right. Their chief people officer. Right. Basically, their HR director. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, doing so, listening sessions with the staff this week following the accusations. Okay. okay. Well, that's. I get that. I guess that's I mean, positive. They're still talking to a Cardinals employee. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we talked about this when the NFL players survey came out. Like this could be eye opening. There's one of two ways. When you get reaction from any faction of your organization like that, how do you deal with it? Do you just say, Oh, these people are crazy. This is a great place to work. Or do you take it to heart and say, All right, we're gonna investigate this and get better? Now, when it becomes an employee issue and it's of a legal uh, nature, that's a little bit different. But yeah. it, you know, the, the, the baseline is the same. Do you take this to heart? Did, did Michael Bidwell in 2019 take those words from Ron Miniger from that letter and say, this is one guy's opinion. He's disgruntled. He's on his way out. Um, you know, I'm, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Or do you take it to heart and try to make improvements? So at right. least it looks right. like there's improvements that are trying to be made right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, and, and that's and I think a lot of that is is really kind of you mentioned Kyle Odegaard. He put out a tweet yesterday. He said that I've been in that organization for eight years, and I can say that what is being alleged here is is true to the majority of people in that building. And I thought, whoa, okay, here we go. Um, I, you hope for the the team's sake that it doesn't become a thing, but it it's it 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 really all depends on how widespread. This happens to be and the difference between what once again between the NFL and the NBA is the NFL doesn't have the appetite the NBA does to to kind of root this stuff out. It's not what the there seems to be a playbook of NFL owners when things come up like that. You deflect and you retaliate. You deflect and you retaliate. So a lot of that with Daniel Snyder. And so so I think this is what the football team and Jonathan Gannon, it, it's not the easiest way to begin the new no. run here. But but again, I appeal to Kyler Murray. Save us all, brother. Come on, Kyler. Come on, Kyler. You can do it. <laughs> uh, on that front, too, on the Players Association survey, Zach Ertz was one of the players that spoke yesterday at uh, day one of the conditioning program, and he said he's already noticed changes and improvements. When I came in here this morning, breakfast was ready for me. Um, And so obviously everyone wants to make a big deal of the facilities and the report card, Um, but I can see firsthand that there have been improvements already. Um, Obviously the people that we've hired, the amount of people that we've hired, um, and I think, I mean, this place screams of so much potential, and it's up to everyone in the building to maximize that. Um, and I'm excited to be Arizona Cardinal right now. I channel my inner uh, Jared Carlin here. And I'm wondering what uh, that breakfast consisted of. <laughs> oh, breakfast. Oh, bagels and locks. Oh, bacon. <laughs> wow. uh, Jonathan Gannon did talk uh, yesterday, too, about, hey, addressing the team as a group for the first time. Awesome. Yeah, it was cool. We got good guys, so it was uh, it was cool. And I've talked to everybody, you know, but 
to get them all in one room. And, um, you know, you got 10 weeks of the offseason program, so I didn't give them everything today. But uh, introduce some things that what I think is important for us as we hit this phase um, in the, the year-long process of an NFL season and uh, my expectations of that. And uh, just basically describe to them, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time, but we're going to, you know, clearly define everybody's role and what's expected on a day-to-day basis. So um, it was cool. They uh, they had some good input about it. And I'll say this, Bick, and this is just completely observational and, and somewhat opinion-based. Mm-hmm. There are tough times ahead for the Cardinals on a number of fronts. We just talked, uh, you know, about what's going on off the field away from the football team. You know, what's going what's going to happen on the football field this year might be tough. Jonathan Gannon early on strikes me as the guy with the demeanor that this team needs to navigate through this stuff. I'm not saying he's going to turn things around and and build a Super Bowl contender, but right now you need a guy with that type of mentality mm-hmm. to kind of be steering the ship. Positive, yes. upbeat, yes. talks a lot, a lot of energy. Yes. yes. Yes, I, I do think those are the things that I, I, I tend to pin the proverbial hat on. Number one, Monty Austin Ford comes with a very, very good reputation. And, and he is really going to be the key to all this, foundationally speaking. And then Jonathan Gannon, the communication and the energy have, have spiked dramatically, in my opinion, from what I can see and from what I've heard. The, the, the energy coming from the coaching staff, primarily the head coach, and the communication. Yeah, all pluses. Market improvements. Yeah. So yeah, listen, I yeah, I'm 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 here for it. We're we're all going to give this guy a chance. We're all going to hope this thing works. Um yeah, it, it, but again, it's all going to come down to the quarterback. That's where I'm ultimately putting yes. all of my hopes. He's, he's like the Obi-Wan. We're all counting on you, Kyler. <laughs> Keep squatting. Get Keep stronger. Squatting. <laughs> Keep squatting. Keep squatting, Kyler. <laughs> you can text your Keep thoughts squatting. to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Suns and Clippers. They'll tip it up. Game one at 5 o'clock on Sunday. Where do the Suns have distinct advantages in this series? We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Wednesday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! Oh, yes. Our first one. It's time for our hottest ticket qualifier. We are looking for Jordan Bacon from Surprise. Mmm, bacon. What do you think of bacon, Jared? Oh, wait, Jared's not here. Jordan Bacon from Surprise. You've got 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify for Suns playoff tickets for Sunday's Game 1 against the Clippers. If Jordan Bacon fails to do that within 10 minutes, we'll open up the phone lines to someone else. If you didn't hear your name, you can still win by texting TICKET to 620-620 and listen for your name in the 12 o'clock hour. Once again, starting the clock right now. Jordan Bacon from Surprise. You've got 10 minutes to give us a call. 602-260-9870. I'm just sorry. It's two of my favorite things. It's a Jordan and, and it's a bacon? bacon. No, I'm just laughing because Vinny is great. Vinny always has to time these contests himself. Yes. Well, when you have I've a never... producer that doesn't do much. <laughs> 
That's why I'm laughing. Well, I'm laughing about all of it. The producer in here started the timer. <laughs> Way to go, Lauren! Right. Jared right. would be like, he's just, timer? He's just used to the uh, timer? What's, What's that? Time? What's a clock? What's a watch? What's I don't a know. You called What's the name a notebook? Out? What's a briefcase? What day is it? Jared, what day is it? Did the, did the qualifier call in? Uh, he was kind of, I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where's my hand fruit? <laughs> Are we doing a contest? We're, yeah, we're doing a whole segment on Jared. <laughs> This is great. And bacon. And but, bacon. By the way, if you're wondering how his vacation is going, we tweeted a photo as, of his, or a quote tweeted a photo of his uh, on Bickley underscore Murata. Yeah. So he is the Disney dork. He's Apparently. The, he's the adult Disney dork. Yep. Right. I stand correct. No, yeah, you just didn't know. You didn't know I didn't. Better. I really did not. No, it's totally understandable. Yeah, I see people on the caller ID. They're not Jordan Bacon. If you're not, if your name's Jordan not Jordan Bacon, Bacon you have no reason us. to call. It's unbelievable it's how people do this. It's unbelievable. They all listen they like Jared. Think that if, they just think that if somebody answers the phone, they can tell them their story yeah. and why they should be Jordan Bacon, what? even if they're not. Well, my, my ID says my name is Sam Johnson. <laughs> Look, my last name's Salami. Is that close enough? <laughs> is that close enough? <laughs> I I don't know. I really don't know. It's really it's one of the it's one of the great things about radio is if you have a contest and you announce somebody's name, the phones just blow up. People just think, I mean, all they got to do is answer and I'll talk my way into this. I would probably panic dial, too. I'd be like, wait, did he just say son's tickets? Yeah, <laughs> right. And then you tune, tune and everything out. Yeah, right, right. Anything else. Exactly. Yeah, so. right. Jordan's still got uh, eight minutes to okay. call. If you know Jordan, tell him to give us a okay. call. Uh, Suns and Clippers game one. We know the tip time now. It's five o'clock Arizona time on mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, so now we can really hone in on what's going to occur over this best of seven series. And look, the Suns are the favorite to win this series. When you look at the Clippers as currently constructed, Bick, without Paul George, and there seems to be some. Some, you know, mystery on whether or not he'll be back. Uh, you, you would favor the Suns, even though they've only got eight games of experience with Kevin Durant in the fold. That experience has led that led them to be undefeated. There are areas, in my opinion, where the Clippers have a distinct advantage. The, uh, I, I, I want to hear them. Tell me about that. I think the Clippers bench is superior. It, it is. But benches don't shouldn't matter all that much unless unless their bench is built for defensive rotations and junking up a defense for Ty Lue to contain Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And they might be doing that. They might be doing that. Clippers held practice yesterday and they had a scout team prepared for the starters. Uh, uh, Brandon Boston Jr. Who? Brandon Boston Jr. was playing the role of Kevin Durant. Brandon Boston. Brandon Boston Brandon Boston Jr. was playing the role of Kevin Durant, and even Ty Lue admitted afterwards, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. No, nobody can really duplicate Kevin Durant. Brandon Boston Jr. is six foot six. So he's it's not like he's gonna be flicking a jump shot, you know, from a from a point that nobody can get to it. Uh, Brandon Boston Jr. doesn't really play that much. But no, right. So, so to me, I think that if Ty Lue is really this genius that everyone says he is, and I know he's a good coach, I'm, I'm not disputing that, but I've just heard this said so much about him, and I personally have never seen it. That's all. I personally have never seen matchup chess from him that makes me go, oh, wow. I saw it from Jason Kidd. Last year, I didn't expect to see it from Jason Kidd last year. Saw it to a degree from Willie Green in the first Saw it from series. Willie Green a little bit. But you know, there were there were moments in that Western Conference Finals okay. where th- there were adjustments made. And I remember 
the Suns fan base getting a little bit antsy with, oh, Monty's getting out coached by by Ty Lue. He is a good coach. Um, you know, uh, in terms of that advantage that I mm-hmm. think the Clippers have, Ish Wainwright, a member of the Suns bench, he was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, and he brought up a point. And I'll play this for you, what he had to say about that last game of the regular season where the Suns didn't play anybody. Their bench played a lot. Uh, but here's what Ish Wainwright told Burns and Gambo about that experience. We just played against them, too, so we kind of, like, like, it helped us out. It helped the second group know how to remove, how to uh, how to play against those guys because the second group just played against their first group, you know, but without PG and stuff like that. But it gives us confidence. It gives us um, a feel of how, you know, those guys played. Like, that was my first time playing against Kawhi. How much do you buy into that? I don't think it's worthless. I don't no. think it's incredibly valuable either because, again, how much matchup time are you going to have with the unit that played for the Suns on Sunday? Yeah. In this series against well, that first unit. Well, the, I, I think I think the big question when you start to get down into the X's and O's of this series is who because Kawhi Leonard is an elite defensive player. Who will Kawhi Leonard be guarding? Is it going to be Kevin Durant? Is it going to be Devin Booker? Or is it going to be somebody entirely different? But Ty Lue was asked yesterday, are you going to have him guard KD? And he wouldn't answer the question. Well, why would he, right? But so so I think that's everything about how the Clippers are going to defend the Suns starts there. Who is Kawhi taking? Yeah. And then and then what happens to the other closer? Do they devi- do they devise some sort of gimmick defense or do they just roll bodies in, waves in? Clippers are a physical team, so the Suns are going to have to expect that. And and if there's a reputation of the Phoenix Suns, whether it's true or not, there's a reputation that they're not a physical team, that they can be pushed around. So I, I think that's where the series is going to begin. It's going to begin with physicality testing the Phoenix Suns, and I think it's going to be a matter of who is Kawhi guarding, and, and what does that mean in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, but don't you think in today's NBA... That question is a little overrated, too, going into a series when there's so much switching. Maybe, like, but, yeah. On, on the majority of screens, there's a switch going on, yeah, and, and teams can kind right. of manipulate who they yes. want to, to yes. match up against. Yes. So I think there's something to it, because Kawhi is a, a very impactful defensive mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. Now, he mentioned the Paul George factor. Uh, will he be back uh, on his own podcast? Podcast P. Which is pretty entertaining, by the way. I think he does a good job. Yeah. <laughs> but he talked about uh, when he, uh, first of all, he updated the status on his leg injury. The leg is good, man. I'm uh, I'm making progress. You know, I, we when we first was shooting, I was two crutches. Yeah. yeah. Then I went to one crutch. To one crutch. Come on now. I'm no crutch. I'm crutch. No crutch. Now you walk and you look, you look good. Better brace. Better brace. I Do got that a again, Ferrari brace. Yeah. Ooh. He's crutchless. Uh, when will he return? <laughs> I don't know how to. But, uh, no. Nah, man, I, I, I've been feeling better. I've been working my butt off. I've been grinding like literally every day, six days out of the week. I'm I'm training. You know what I mean? I'm doing rehab. So I'm going to give it every chance I got, man. This is uh, coming down to the wire. That's why it's imperative for the Suns to just put this team away as early as they can. Keep keep that Durant no winning streak alive. No doubt about it. And and again, it, it's, we know game ones are pivotal. This one is going to feel pivotal. What's going to be different about this, and you might laugh about this, but this is really the first 5 p.m. start the Suns have had at home. It's a very odd time to start a basketball game, obviously, yes. uh, because it's not night and it's not day when you begin. Uh, that's there, There's a newness to that that the players will feel. Yeah. 
I, I agree with that. It, it, it probably sounds ridiculous to people, but athletes are very routine-driven species. Love their routines. Love their routines. And you pop into a starting time like this, it's like, okay, wait a minute. W- w- when am I eating? When am I getting to the gym? When's All my nap? When's my, why, right, when's my <laughs> That's nap? That's the most important part. Every yeah, day. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, by the way, <laughs> Jordan day, Bacon. Day. He called. Jordan Bacon is uh, one of our qualifiers now. So, I want to let you know that the next chance you have to hear your name coming up in the noon hour today for the hottest ticket in town, Suns playoff tickets, if you haven't been entered yet, uh, haven't gotten entered yet, text TICKET to 620-620, register, and then listen for your name starting at noon and 5 o'clock with Burns and Gambo today for your chance to qualify for Game 1 tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers Again, that's ticket to 620-620. Well done, Jordan Bacon. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell takes us through the big stories of the day, Rush Hour reboot style. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Rush Hour reboot. Rush Hour reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We get you caught up every single day at this time on everything you need to know in Valley Sports and beyond. I am Sarah Cazell taking you through those stories with Dan Bickley. Hey! Hey! With Vince Murata. I am dead inside. <laughs> Classic. And uh, on, on the keys... One last time this week in place of Jarrett Carlin. On the ones and the twos. On the ones and twos. Lauren Koval. Hey, everybody. Hey, Hello. you've done a great job, Lauren. Yes, you, you have. Thank you for your I service. I echo Sarah's sentiments. Yes. Thank you. I'm just mentally preparing for running the Suns playoffs as well. So this is good practice. Good. There you go. Good. We love it. We love our top talent on the Suns playoff run. All right, let's start out with the Arizona Cardinals. Jonathan Gannon spoke to reporters yesterday. It was JG. JG, that is correct, on the first day of voluntary offseason workouts. And with the NFL draft now uh, two weeks away, by the way, (laughs) which I feel like I've kind of lost track of, but it is two weeks away. Um, The draft, of course, was a hot topic of conversation with the new head coach. When asked about that number three pick that the Cardinals own, Gannon said he is happy to part with it. Absolutely. If that helps the team win, yeah. If that helps the team, they will trade out of that pick. And the latest report from Adam Schefter a couple days ago is that at least six teams have contacted the Cardinals about trading up for the number three pick. The name that the Cardinals are most linked to in mock drafts right now is Will Anderson, the outside linebacker out of Alabama. Here is Gannon on Will Anderson. Yeah, he's a good player. There's a lot of good players out there. Um, You know, I don't really look at, you know, guys' value as far as when would you pick him, when would you want. I kind of look at, hey, do we want this guy? Can he help us win? Is he the right type? Does he have the right type of character? And, um, you know, can he help us win, basically? So that's kind of the buckets I put him in, and then Monty handles the rest. And uh, we had... Matt Miller, the NFL draft expert for ESPN, on with us on yesterday's show. You guys asked about Will Anderson and the difference between him and Tyree Wilson. He said there is a major drop-off. He said that Wilson is pretty good, but Anderson is next level. He likened him to Indomitian Sue as far as his dominance on the college level. I think he threw um, a couple other names in there as well. Uh, so with 
the Cardinals pick whatever they end up with, guys, whether they hold on to three or trade out. Is Will Anderson a non-negotiable for the Cardinals' first-round pick? I, I, To me, the answer to that is no. I, I understand the people that want him. I understand um, how people want a real impact player coming out of this draft. To me, the, the halls that I'm starting to see put together for this draft pick, if the trade, you have to take it. You have to take it. I, I That's what's non-negotiable to me. If you're going to get... A couple of ones, a couple of twos. A th- if you're going to get something of the line of five draft picks in return that are all top three rounds, you got to do it. I, I, with all due respect to Will Anderson, you just say that would have been nice, but we cannot pass this up. Yeah. That's my belief. I think Bick is exactly right. If the Hall is that acceptable to you, and you know, this team is not one player away, Will Anderson's a really good player. Uh, even if you're in love with the prospect, you have to take him. Yep. Because, again, they need help at a lot of different positions. And then at that point, trust your scouting department. Mm-hmm. Trust mm-hmm. your instincts now. This is a you know first go around for these guys. Find another player that can make an impact. And it, and then hope Will Anderson flames out somewhere. Yeah, it's a once-in-a-lifetime <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Right. It's a, it's a once chance. It, it to get a draft pick that is that coveted when there's a feeding frenzy based over incoming quarterbacks based on measurables. You've yeah. got to ride that wave. Yeah, yeah, that's well said. All right, let's get to the Phoenix Suns and the playoffs. We are now four days away from Game One between the Suns and the Clippers. Tip off at five o'clock. We now know, and uh, you just heard it in the last segment. But if you didn't, we're going to play it again for you. We got a semi injury update from Paul George on the latest episode of his podcast. Podcast. P, which actually that makes me laugh. The leg is good, man. I'm uh, I'm making progress. You know how we when we first was shooting, I was two crutches. Yeah, yeah. Then I went to one crutch. The one crutch. Come on now, I'm no crutch. I'm crutch. No crutch. Now you walk and you look, you look good. Better brace. Better brace. I Do got a again, Ferrari please. brace. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so making progress, but he does not have a timetable for his return yet. <laughs> I don't know how so, but uh, no, nah, man, I, I, I've been feeling better. I've been working my butt off. I've been grinding like literally every day, six days out of the week. I'm I'm training. You know what I mean? I'm doing rehab, so I'm gonna give it every chance I got, man. This is uh, it's coming down to the wire. All right. Are you guys just under the assumption that he won't play at all against the Suns? I know we heard he won't be available for the start of the series. Are you just erasing that reality from your mind? No, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing just the opposite. His, mm. his demeanor in that podcast sounds like a guy who's going to make a, make an appearance. It, it just it sounds to me like he's going to show up in Game 3 in Los Angeles. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I kind of had the same feeling Vic did, but the thing that gave me pause in watching the video version of that podcast was the size of that better brace yeah, that he was, was, yeah. he was wearing. <laughs> it wasn't exactly just an ace, you know, like a, a rap. <laughs> right. yeah. it, was, it was pretty involved, so we, we shall See. Okay. Unless he was just doing that for show. He Maybe. wanted you to take notice. Maybe. We know athletes do love playing the mind games. Everybody's cryptic these like days. That. We Absolutely. do know that. Ooh, snakes in the grass. Uh, we <laughs> had two play-in games last night. The Lakers beat the Timberwolves in overtime, and the Atlanta Hawks beat the Miami Heat. We are still waiting on the 1-8 matchup in the West. We'll learn on Friday night whether it's the T-Wolves, the Pelicans, or the Thunder taking on the Nuggets starting Sunday. But looking at the three matchups that are set... Which series is most likely to go seven games or at least be the most competitive? You've got Ooh. the Grizzlies and the Lakers now, uh-huh. the Kings and the Warriors. That's the one. The Suns and the Clippers. It's Kings, Kings, Kings Warriors, Warriors for you? Yep. What do you think, Vince? I will begrudgingly agree. Begrudgingly? 
Yes. Because I don't think this Suns Clippers series is going to be an easy one. Okay. <laughs> Just because. The anxiety. Yes. Nervous. Setting in. Here it is. I recognize playoff time. you see homie on Friday. What does playoff <laughs> basketball mean to me? Oh, I know. Rotting My blood pressure forth. goes through the roof. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you won't be alone. I, I see it in our mentions right now asking how our, our listeners are feeling about this series. Yeah. And yeah, it's you're not alone. All right. Let's quickly yeah. squeeze in the Arizona Diamondbacks. We got to talk about uh, last night's game. Quickly, they lost 7-1. At the hands of Corbin Burns and the Brewers, they only got three hits off of him, four total hits on the night. Uh, didn't even get on the scoreboard until the bottom of the ninth. Merrill Kelly had a no-hitter going, though, uh, through six innings into the seventh, but that was broken up on the second pitch of the top of the seventh. Um, the D-backs and the Brewers wrap up their series at 1240 today at Chase Field. You can hear it on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620, of course. Dre Jameson will make his first D-backs start. I know you guys are really excited about him moving into the rotation. What are you hoping to see from him? Did I say tonight? Today. Today. Yeah, that's such a habit. I, a no-hitter would be okay for me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> perfect game. No, I, I was just 75-pitch yeah. perfect game. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's just, you know, it's his first start this year. He's been really good in the bullpen so far, but if you go back to last year, and it's hard to put a ton of stock into it because it was September... And it's a different brand of baseball in September, especially for yeah. teams that aren't in the playoff race. But he was electric last year as a starter. The numbers were were pretty sick. If he can, if he can just kind of get close to that level and instill faith that this is not a temporary solution. Yeah. So I thought Jamison would be the guy in that fifth spot. It wasn't. They went with Nelson instead. I mean, that would go a long way into bolstering the, the hopes and, and and also mitigating the loss of Zach Davies, who's, you know, right. on, on the shelf for a while. So Why he's moving in, yeah. If he can kind of recapture some of that September magic from last year, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, um, I, I would like to see them, I would just like to see them win this game. I would like them to start off the season by stacking um, home series wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Build, build, try to build something on that. Yeah. yeah. If you go on the road now to, to start in Miami and you've got a series win against the Dodgers and then follow it up with a series win against the Brewers, two of the better teams in the National yep. League, that's something to build on. Yep. Yeah. We'll talk about Dre Jameson and the D-backs at 9.30. By the way, we have Tori Lovello coming on Bickley and Murata Mornings at 9.30, so make sure you're tuned in then. Yep. Rush Hour Reboot. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, uh, Foo Fighters will be playing Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater on October 3rd. General on sale tickets uh, begin this Friday at 10 a.m. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com right now for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next... The latest in the saga of Zion Williamson that probably has a lot of New Orleans Pelicans fans very frustrated. We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Floor Birds with Bickley and Murata. Uh, I mean, physically I'm fine. Now it's just a matter of uh, I feel like Zion. I know the atmosphere I'd be in here uh, based off like the playoff experience. Uh, so now it's just a matter of when I feel like Zion. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, it just sucks. Uh, I love this game. I say it over and over. For those people that think that I just want to sit on the skyline just to sit over there, I don't know why people think that. But uh, now nah, it sucks. I just, I just want to be playing basketball. Zion Williamson of the New Orleans Pelicans yesterday on a, a story that uh, got a lot of headlines 
when a player who has not played since January 2nd because of a hamstring strain mm-hmm. Vic, comes out and says, physically, I'm fine. Yeah. I just, I can't play until I feel like Zion again. Yeah. That, that to me, yes. And I could see why people would look at that and kind of lump that into the typical load managing, tanking, not interested in playing basketball player. Um, and I, I don't really know if that applies to Zion Williamson as much as, This is a cautionary tale for Kyler Murray and every athlete who is recovering from a significant injury that the idea of going out and letting it rip, it's very difficult. Very, very difficult. Yeah, And that's where this gets into murky territory Mm -hmm. in the year 2023. The way he phrased it, I can't play until I feel like Zion again. That's very much an old school third person. Like <laughs> people can't relate to that. Thinking. No, no. But what it do- does border on is the mental aspect of the injury, and he did talk about that too. Um, and if you start to question the the mental aspect of somebody's makeup in terms of professional sports, then you're an insensitive jerk in the year 2023. So there's a real That's fine true. line That's here. Good point. But the way that he phrased it, and what he said to. You know, that that quote that we played ended with, I want to play the game I love. And then he continued and he said, the reality of it is, whether I check my phone or when I'm watching TV, no matter what it is, I can't really escape what the world thinks, what people's opinions are. It's frustrating. Well, I mean, when you come out and make comments the way that you did, that's going to shift people's opinions Mm -hmm. on it, thus making your journey back that much more frustrating. I can only put myself into what would I think if I was a New Orleans Pelicans fan? You'd be very frustrated. If you've got the number one overall pick and it turns out to be this guy, Zion Williamson, who is sometimes not of this earth. And when he played this year and he matched up against the Suns in a couple games when he was healthy, you know, in the wintertime and just dominated and made it look easy. Yes. We we have not seen a player with that skill set, body type, whatever. But if you're never on the floor, who cares? Yeah, it's I, you're right. If you were a, a, you if you were a Pelicans fan, I think this would be uh, in, incredibly frustrating to you because if he feels fine physically, and you can make a deep playoff run if he plays, and I think the Pelicans have that kind of team. If he plays, then then when does he feel comfortable letting it rip? It, it's yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It's it's a very frustrating thing. I I I don't think Zion though is one of these guys that I think he's being honest when he says he loves basketball, but he also plays a foot uh, a football brand of basketball, and I I don't yeah I he was supposed to return in three weeks. It's been three months. Yeah, he was ramping back up. He re-aggravated the injury in February, and when you do something like that and you re-aggravate something, yeah, mm-hmm. that does play with your brain a little bit. Yeah, I get it. But where you know the New Orleans Pelicans are a win, two wins away from being back in the playoffs. And there's a real distinct possibility. Let's say they get those two wins. Mm-hmm. Let's say they beat Oklahoma City and then they beat Minnesota on Friday night and they're in the bracket. Yeah. There's a real possibility. This is two straight postseasons where they can't rely on, on Zion Williamson I know. at all for yeah. a minute of playing Yeah, time. no, listen. And so, yeah, it, it, that's a hard thing to deal with. And you just you just wonder if, if he 
if he feels fine, but he but his his mental health won't allow it. Part of the reason with it's funny. I've had these conversations with young people, primarily my son allotted. It's it, our generation. Mental health used to be either your brain worked or it didn't. Either you were born with a good brain or you weren't, right? It wasn't considered fluctuating. It wasn't considered something that changed which, or was fluid. Which that old way of thinking was medieval. Let's of course be honest it is. about it. Yeah. Yes, of course it was. Is this mental health or a mental block, though? I, I, I don't know. Are two different it, is, are they? I, I mean, I, I think so. Yeah? I, yeah. Trusting I, your body no, is yeah, different I guess. from not being in a good place mentally. I think that is... A very, very clear way to define this and a very w- clear way to separate this because I think Zion would be garnering a lot more public sympathy if he talked about, hey, this has been a real struggle for me mentally. I'm not in the right place mentally. I want to be out there for my team, but I'm having a hard time with this. When you phrase it, I feel physically, but, I, I'm, but physically I'm not fine, Zion. But I'm, I'm, I don't yeah. feel like Zion. Yeah. What, it, it, you're not a superhero. You're a basketball player. <laughs> right. It sounds right. like he just doesn't trust his body right yeah. now. Right. Which... Given his history, we're Why four years of it. And yeah. this is yeah. a guy, too, that since he's been in the real spotlight, and that's the year at Duke and his time in the NBA, go back to the time at Duke. Remember when he broke his shoe? Oh, yeah. It was the biggest story in college basketball, and they held him out after that. He yeah. didn't get hurt. His yeah. shoe broke. Yeah, I know. But, oh, He's such a special athlete that we really have to treat him with kid gloves. It, it, it's very, very strange. That was odd. That really, that really, really was odd. That From that scene and even throughout his whole career, I mean, the fact that they just put him on a shelf for a year. Mm-hmm. Say, don't worry, no, no, we've got you for a while. We're going to protect you. Yeah, it's it's it, it must be terribly frustrating given the promise of him. Of what he can achieve, it's unbelievable. You're right, when he's healthy, there's nobody like him. Yeah. And just looking at the Pelicans roster, they're ready. I they think. are, and I agree when he I agree was healthy, that. even though they had some other injuries that they were dealing with, they were top two, top three in the Western Conference. Yeah. He's and played 35% of his games in the NBA. 35% of the possible Wow. Games. Isn't that brutal? It's brutal, but it's actually almost higher than I thought it Ooh, would be. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, that's bad. Yeah, I uh, want to remind you, the uh, FanDuel text line always open at 620-620. You can text your thoughts on anything that's being discussed on today's show to it. Coming up next, we uh, hit the 8 o'clock hour, and Dan Bickley kicks off the second Fire. half of the show with the Bickley Blast. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.